Kiwa Island, hole number four, closest to the hole challenge. That's what you need to know for this week's WGT challenge. Make sure you go to freewgt.com, download the app and play along with us. It's been really fun. Uh, some amazing shots from the listeners out there. Uh, so try and get as close as you can on Kiwa Island, hole number four at the closest to the hole challenge. Uh, and even if you get it 240 yards away from the hole and you didn't even hit the ball, if you just send us a screenshot, you're going to be in- entered into our WGT challenge, which each week's winner gets a free shirt, but the grand prize winner gets their choice of a jersey or tickets to a game. So it's a really fun thing we're doing. Make sure you go to freewgt.com and download the app today. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curves from mile high, the best part of the weekend. Hugging a perfect stranger as they become a friend. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Zach, tell us about Strava Craft Coffee. Let me tell you about this amazing product, the perfect blend of coffee and CBD, and it does just that. If you want the coffee, well, great. It's got the coffee. If you have some aches, pains, headaches, uh, joint pain, muscle pain, anything, it relieves those pains with the CBD part. Let's say you want them both. Well, Match made in heaven. It helps with everything. I know so many people in our office drink Strava on a daily basis for the wide variety of things. As I mentioned, my girlfriend uh, drink drinks it to help with knee pain. And let me tell you, it helps better than physical therapy. So I say give it a shot. And it's, worst case, it's delicious coffee. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to put you guys on the spot here. I'll start with you, Zach. Zach, make a dinosaur sound. I'm going to try to do the San Francisco 49ers blow horn sound. (laughs) That's a a throwback there. Throwback for you guys. Mace? Oh, my God. I was trying to think of a dinosaur impression from a human voice that stuck out, and I was thinking of the extreme idiots in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. They that, do dinosaur sounds? Uh, the ones that, when they're in the convenience store, they're acting like idiots. I'll give mine, which I'm trying to mold mine after A.J. Johnson's. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a morning one. Yeah. That's I, a morning one. Mace's was kind of a... Uh, you're you're mourning cute. because it's dead. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and mine was just spot on. No, yours was terrible. <laughs> um, all right, but now I really will put you on the spot. Uh, I listened back to our podcast from last night, um, and I think there's a few things left on the ledger. So, Mace, I'll start with you. What's one thing that maybe we didn't talk about at length last night that you thought was important to talk about from the game? Devontae Harris. Ah, yes. Played every snap Sunday. And the best thing you can say about Devontae Harris is that you didn't notice too much of Devontae Harris. There was one really awful, dreadful, terrible pass interference call against him that never should have been called. Yeah. uh, The one thing I would say about him is he tried so hard. Like, he left 
every ounce of it out there, mm-hmm. uh, and he was just trying to make plays. It's it's impressive that he went in there and played with that much confidence. And it's interesting that he still played on special teams, not as many snaps as usual. He played five special team snaps, but he didn't. He wasn't totally removed from that phase of the game. It's fascinating. I'm looking at the playtime percentage breakdown right now. Malik Reed has moved up to the starting lineup. He's still playing 30% of the special team snaps. Wow. Yeah. That's something that they may need to adjust going forward. Take a little bit of the special teams load off some of these guys who have been thrust into every down rolls in the starting lineup. With all due respect to Devonta Harris, though, I just I so badly wish we were talking about how Bryce Callahan was coming back this week. It would make this so much more exciting. Yeah. Boy, I thought about that today. What would this defense look like if you had him? They would have held the Titans to negative points. <laughs> that's, what, that's what's like so impressive about that shutout. They didn't have their full arsenal, and they still held the team to zero points, and that is not easy to hold a team to zero points. Zach, what are you taking away that we didn't maybe talk about enough? The Broncos played a perfect game in their mind. This is exactly the formula that they want to do. It's fantastic defense and an offense that just gets it done. And while you could say, sure, every team wants the the great defensive part, no team's not going to have that in their formula, the Broncos are actually okay with what the offense did yesterday. Of course, there's some things that they that they want to change, but the Broncos in three days are going to have to abandon this formula if they want to win because yeah. this formula will get them destroyed. In yesterday's <laughs> game, nine the, the Broncos had nine series where they had five or fewer plays. If you do that against the Chiefs and you're not – eating up clock and and keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. I don't care how bum his ankle is. I don't care that they're on a two-game losing streak. You are going to lose. So the Broncos in a short week are going to have to complete do pretty much the complete opposite. Yeah, the one thing I was going to say is uh, play calling. There was some pretty poor play calling out there, and, and I, I still have confidence in Rich Gangarello, and I think he's starting to learn what the formula looks like. Uh, to, for this offense to, to go, but man, they just overthink it a little too much. And, and I think the perfect microcosm of it is the first drive. Philip Lindsay is absolutely gashing this team up the middle and you're just running inside zone, which is your bread and butter play in this offense. Well, then you get down to the 18 yard line and you go uh, with a, with a bubble screen to one side that fails. And then you go, uh, shotgun outside handoff to Royce Freeman to the other side which gets blown up and I'm just like what are you doing it's I know you have a script just abandon it because something is because something is working so well that you'd be silly to stop calling it until they stop it so I'd like to see them um be a little more conscious of that this week as they make their play calls but mostly just be conscious of the fact that inside zone is your bread and butter and if you run that 30 times you're going to possess the ball a lot, and that's the only way you have a chance to beat this team. But at the same time, the Titans were closing a lot of lanes, and that's a defense that has given up 15.3 points per game. So the Broncos actually exceeded the average points allowed by the Tennessee Titans. And Joe Flacco, I didn't hear this until this morning, he said exactly what I said after the game, which is, yeah, when when your defense is dominating that much and, and you're winning the game, you just kind of dial it back a little bit. 
because you just don't want to mess. Like he didn't say that. He didn't say you don't want to mess up, but he essentially said like you just you're more careful with the play calls and and your decisions because you know that your defense has your back. Okay, serious question, guys. How much of a lead do the Broncos have to have on Thursday night in order for you to truly feel comfortable with dialing it back? Never. <laughs> I mean, tw- like a 21-point lead with eight minutes left, maybe you can dial it back. <laughs> I was going to say, what would it be at halftime? Nothing. No I, possible it, score. It would have to be 32 points or more. Yeah, And was, that's not happening, obviously. Like they, can all, they, can sc- they are at liberty to score in eight seconds on any possession. So I don't want to see this mentality happen on Thursday night. And I, and I understand, hey, it worked, it worked yesterday, right? Did it work against or, or earlier in the season? Did nope. it work against the Jaguars? Nope. No, it no. didn't. So you have some times where it works, but don't just draw back on the times when it works. Look at the whole sample size. And also, please, 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 please look at your opponent. Yes. And that means running the ball. Just run the hell out of the Because rock. the Chiefs in the last four games have given up 203, 186, 180, and 192 yards on the ground. Ooh. They're getting gashed. But the key is stick with it because, for example, yesterday the Texans, they were just okay in terms of yards per carry, about 4.0. But they just stuck with it because they understood that possession is everything against the Chiefs. You do have to play keep away. Even with the offense as banged up as it is on that side, you have to play keep away from the Kansas City Chiefs. So run, run, and keep running. Do it, do it until they, put up, they finally put up the stop sign. Play action from time to time. Jets use jet sweeps in the run. We saw some, we've seen some fake jet sweeps. Let's see a little more of those. I like the idea of Philip Lindsay coming across. Yeah, mm-hmm. on a jet sweep. Mm-hmm. Let's see them get the ball to him and see what happens in space when he gets to the outside. Run, Rich Gangrello, run. There are many ways to run and be creative. I think Forrest that's the Gump. thing. Is that what that was? Run, Forrest, run, okay. run, Rich, run. <laughs> yeah, Could have just gotten with Rich. <laughs> Would have probably, yeah. Run. The, there's two keys to this game: possess the ball, and then I'm not going to say um, target Patrick Mahomes' ankle, but just You're, make sure that yeah. you hit it a couple times. Wow, that's rough. That is rough. I'm not going there. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't get there with you. I'm sorry. I can't go for the. Oh, he's hurt, so let's exacerbate it. I, I just can't get there. That's fine. I'm just I'm just telling them how to win. I'm not I'm not worried about ethics here. By saying that, that kind of shows how you view this game though, is they've they've gotta have something go their way. This is this is you No, you don't I, have to I knock him out of the game. You just have to make sure he remembers that it hurts a lot. If you're a three and a half point underdog, I don't think that's your mentality. Right, I think that's more of like a seven and a half point underdog. Three right? and a half is crazy. I have no idea. I'm shocked that hasn't changed significantly yet. I mean, people are really off the Chiefs bandwagon, and they're are also looking at the fact that last year's games were close. Yep. Between the Broncos and Chiefs, it's not like yep. they ran away with them. And that, I'm so interested to see if Vic is willing to look at those games and say, "How did they stop them?" Press man and and rush and rush the passer. So how much do you trust Devontae Harris? Not that probably not that much. <laughs> but I mean, at the same Bradley time, Roby are, couldn't hang. Are you empowered a little bit by what he did Sunday? Yes, I just the, 
does Vic strike you as a guy who's going to go and look at what uh, Vance Joseph did and model his game plan after that? Well, I would hope, even though he said he didn't want to watch the film from last year when he was evaluating guys because he wanted to start fresh, I would hope in this instance he would take a look at the film from last year and see what these players did against this offense and find some ideas. Yeah, I would would hope so too. Um, It's in the end... It's going to come down to the front on defense. Can they get pressure? Because this secondary, no matter how good they are, they can't stay man-to-man with Tyreek. They can't stay man-to-man with Travis Kelsey. They can't you know, go one-on-one in all these situations unless Von Miller, Malik Reed, I can't believe I'm saying this, Demarcus Walker, uh, Shelby Harris, Derek Wolf. If those guys are getting through and creating pressure, then they have a real, real chance on this. You do what you did – yesterday and you get seven sacks from those interior guys and maybe von miller will get a sack how incredible is that that the broncos had seven sacks and von miller didn't have one they gave him half did they yeah they changed it yeah he got credit for half a sack okay but still you would have thought von had what one and a half two at least that's impressive and that's encouraging and if they do that again and the inside guys are making patrick mahomes not just run, but run backward and run into Von Miller's arms, then that gives you a shot to win. And I say shot because even if you're making him run, he can still make absurd plays. Well, I was going to bring that up. Last year, how did he beat the Broncos? By just absurd scrambles. Mm -hmm. He is not doing that right now. Not effectively, at least. Um, what would we say? Like he, Von Miller was a half a step away from him on like four different occasions in that home game. Von Miller will not be a half a step away in this game if he's running like that. Mm. He's clearly slowed down a little bit with the ankle. And, and again, I'm not saying you need to you know, tell uh, someone to uh, torpedo the ankle when they're coming on a rush because that will be rushing, roughing the passer. But if you know, Derek Wolf gets in there and puts a little weight on it, yeah, it happens. That's football. So let's let's review our picks for this weekend. Let's start with that Chiefs-Texans game. Of course, the Texans won. And we're talking about you know how much you have to score to beat the Chiefs. Well, in Kansas City, the Texans held them to just 24 points. And la- what was the week before? Did they score s- 17 the week? 13. 13. Oh, my yep. God. That's why, I mean, that's why everyone's a little panicked out there in Vegas. And this is a good defense that they're going against. Now... What would surprise you more? The Broncos holding them to 13 or the Broncos giving up 35 plus? 35 plus. That would surprise you more? Yes, 13. This is a good question. I, I split you guys up. I don't think you can hold this offense down. It, it, it's like what I said last week about the Chiefs. Has, has Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady have bad games? Yes, they've had bad games. Have they had bad games back-to-back? Probably doesn't happen very often. What about three times in a row? That's that's incredibly difficult. Well, so maybe he's just not that guy then. <laughs> but the other thing is the Chiefs haven't broken 35 since week one. Mm. So since they've been, they've been 28, 33, 34, 13, and 24. So 35 is a pretty high bar to reach. So I'm going to say it's I think likely both- they're under, actually. It is likely they're under, and it's likely they're over 13. That was kind of the point, but... Uh, hmm. I would be more surprised by 35 plus. I don't think this this defense is can give that up. Um, 
Don't forget who we're talking about at corner. Devontae Harris had a great game yesterday. That was his first start. Yep. And we're talking about Tyreek Hill, who just had two touchdowns yesterday. Same about all of those weapons. So let me rebrand this. How many points do the Broncos need to score on offense to win this football game? 30. It's over then. They're not winning. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it's 25. Yeah, i say 28. I think if the defense plays at their best, they can hold this, this Chiefs team to 24 points. I'm thinking 30-28 if they win. I think Vic has done a fantastic job. Never in a million years are they scoring 30 points. I think Vic's done a fantastic job of covering up holes on this defense. He's done fantastic the past few weeks. But now you're playing a team with players that you just can't cover holes up for. You're playing a team who you have to be better than their opposing players. Yeah. I mean, you look down the line of of these weapons, and it is crazy. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is an afterthought for us right now. Like I haven't thought about him until right now in this entire yeah. discussion about the chiefs. Yeah. Um, tra- it's like Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, the other guy who had that one crazy game. Like I, I can't, even, it's like, it's like Alabama. I can't even remember who went off for them in certain games. That Hardman is a rookie. Yeah. It's second. It's not even the guy pick, I was so thinking very, about. Very talented. Believe me. There's one person who tells me on a weekly basis on Twitter at the Broncos should have found a way to get Nicole Hardman. Mm. I hear that all the time. Broncos because have... then I say I would have rather had Terry McLaurin. <laughs> yes, a uh, hundred times over. <laughs> um, the Broncos never find a way to use those guys properly anyway. No. So, Ryan, got to give you credit. You picked the Texans. You got four and a half points, but you didn't even need the four and a half points. Mason and I both rode with the Chiefs, so mm. congratulations, sir. Thank and you. this just continued your good week. We all picked the Patriots to cover 17 and a half points in that. Easy. Mm-hmm. That was easy. Steelers, but it was suspenseful at the end. It was. It certainly <laughs> was. With the 17 and a half, it was. <laughs> then with the late game last night, boy, what is, what's the Chargers? What are they? They're well, a bad Rivers team. Rivers is having they are. the year. Yeah. They, they, they are a bad team right now. They That's are. what they are. Because they got beat. And their offensive line is just, it's a shambles. I mean, look who they're throwing out there right now. They're throwing out guys that I'd never even heard of. Yep. On the, and they're starting, and they're getting diced up play after play after play. Rivers isn't doing well, but a lot of this is happening to him because of the lack of protection. And speaking of guys that you've never heard of, that's who beat them at quarterback was a guy you never heard of. Duck. Duck Hodges. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the memorable name, but that's who beat them. In Brian, credit, credit to you. You picked the Steelers to win. What right. a quarterback With room. Points. Duck and Pax. <laughs> and then, of course, we all picked the Broncos to win, and we all picked them to cover the two-point spread. Hmm. Sounds like 4-0 for me. It does sound like 4-0, and you have a one-game advantage on me, and we both have a couple games on Mace. Yeah. Not well. I'm not doing (laughs) that. I can analyze this game. I can't predict it. There you go. Uh, And I'm the other way around. (laughs) All right, before we move on, shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery. Lot N, guys. I implore you. If you are going to the Broncos-Chiefs games, which, which I can guarantee you will be the most lit game of the season at Mile High, uh, you need to go to Lot N and meet us at the Sons of Mile High XDNVR tailgate. It is so much fun. Um, we're probably going to have to double down on our Breck Brew order because there's going to be plenty of time to consume, and somehow they'll just go down smoother when the sun's down, which will happen. 
before this game kicks off. So make sure you guys come out and drink Breck Brews with us. It's so fun meeting all of you. And, and, you know, we've done two tailgates now. We've hung out with people from Switzerland, from Australia, from London. It's like it's like a, the World's Fair out there in Laudan. Yeah, it's tremendous. Another great time yesterday. And, of course, take Thursday off. Call in sick on Thursday. Come on out to the the tailgate in lot N with us and the Sons of Mile High. And for that matter, because you may need some time to recover, take Friday off as well. And speaking of recovering and taking Friday off, what you need to do is you need to hit up Vita Mobile IV because, guys, there's going to be so many Breck brews on Thursday night. And maybe you do go to work. Well, bring Vita Mobile IV into your office. Have them hook you up in your cubicle. Or if you decide, ah, I'm taking a Roby day on Friday, well, then get bring, have them come to your house. They come to your house and make you feel better by hooking you up to an IV. How does that sound? Pretty darn good, huh? And I can vouch for it. It works. Like I said, I was I was about a three when they came, three out of ten on how I was feeling, and I left feeling like a ten. Or like, actually, they left because they were at my house. <laughs> <laughs> what could be better? Uh, it's pretty incredible. And you know what's even more incredible is if you want to save 20%, use the promo code HYD20, and you get 20% off your first drift. Boy, this sounds perfect. Breckenridge Brew on Thursday night. Uh, Vita Mobile IV with the code HYD20. 20% off, then you're feeling good for the weekend. And that code is easy to remember because HYD stands for what they would ask you when they walk in. How you doing? (laughs) And maybe you're not doing well, but then after the IV, you're feeling fabulous. And then you say, I need some hydration. And then you say, I'm going to hop into the comment section and leave a comment <laughs> for the Broncos guys to discuss after the game. And let's start here with Aquaman. He says the defense looked amazing this week. The offense, on the other hand, ugh. A few more weeks of this will mean Vic will have to start locked by week 11, right? Please say yes. Well, a few more weeks of this. What are we talking about with this? Are the Broncos winning with a lousy offense? Because if they are, then... Joe Flacco staying in the lineup unless he's hurt. Yeah, a lot of people out there are, are trying to talk themselves into this idea that, oh, man, you could be winning, and then you put in Drew Locke and you start scoring. And I actually believe that that could be an actual thing that would happen. Like, you insert Drew Locke in this offense, he starts slinging it downfield to Cortland Sutton, and they start putting up more points. But if they are putting wins on the board, there is a absolute 0% chance that Drew Locke plays. Uh, are, by the way, are Joe Flacco and Noel Fant on the same page at all? No offense, kind of aloof. Yeah, I feel like it's hard for him to get on the same page. And Zach and I have been talking about this since training camp. He does not read footballs well while they're in the air, which is feels like it should be an important skill for a person who catches the passes. But yesterday was a perfect example. That ball, yeah. I realize it's up in the sun, but he made no adjust. He just kept running, like looking at it over his head. And it just I, the fact that it hit him square <laughs> in the nameplate just blows my mind. Pretty comical when you look back at it. And that play kind of just summed up where he's at right now. You know, he, he's a target that you want to throw the ball too deep. He's a target that you'll give him opportunities. But they're just not on the same page. But when I'm thinking of going deep to him, I'm thinking about 20, 25 yards down the seam and then 
getting it out in front of him and then letting him do some stuff after the catch if you want a 40 or 45-yard play. Or I'm thinking of him making explosive play like he did against the Jaguars, taking a short pass, getting in space, making a man miss and turning up field. That's something he did really well at the University of Iowa, and we haven't seen much of that yet. We haven't seen, unfortunately, we haven't seen him get in the open field again since that play, which was so encouraging. You know, you thought, oh man, when he gets ahead of steam, right. he's really tough to bring down. So why not do it again? I have no Why not try it again? Or yeah. use it as a decoy. Fake that and throw it up the seam to, to Cortland. And really quick on your Locke comment, if you want to see Drew Locke play, th- this is tough. You have to be cheering for the Broncos to lose. It's just as, as simple as that. If they win, I don't even care what Joe Flacco looks like. Well, Let's he, say they win this week. They're 3-4. and four. Yep. So they would have to probably go to 3-7 and seven before we would see Drew. I was going to say, if they win this week, you are not seeing – Drew Locke when he can play. Like, yeah, you, you're yeah, not he's seeing not him week coming nine. in a week. Zero nine. chance. No, no. Unless there's an injury. DJC uh, responds to 15 response to that, by the way, by saying, it's what drives me nuts. If we are winning, he probably won't, as in Locke probably won't come in, even though with Flacco, you can tell he just isn't the guy. Yep, exactly. And DJC 15 chimes in again and says, one, I think we can label Mariota and Winston busts finally. Yes. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready on Mariota. By the way, Mike Vrabel at his press conference this morning said he's going to name a starter later on today or tomorrow that he'll tell the team first. And you don't 99% of the time when you do that, you're going to start the guy who was the backup. So I'd expect to hear Ryan Tannehill is the guy. No, I mean, oh. in fact, I blame him that we're now in week seven and he didn't do it earlier. Oh, he was seven touchdowns, no picks. Well, that's why you couldn't make the change while he had no picks. Had but when he had, when he had the two interceptions, if, if, if the eye test, yeah, though, Zach, right. the eye test. But the two interceptions, that's what they needed. I feel like the Titans were almost waiting for an excuse at right. some point to pull the ripcord on Marcus Mariota and put Ryan Tannehill in there. They're waiting for some actual giveaways instead of just bad throws they happen Sunday and now they can go forward and find out what what they have with Tannehill but frankly guys this puts the Titans squarely in the quarterback market for 2020 it certainly does too I think we found the lifeboat boys that can be our middle of the field core and AJ Purcell and weirdly enough Demarcus Walker I'm gonna put Walker on the lifeboat right now I know you guys are hesitant I'm putting him on the lifeboat right now he doesn't just have the little flotation device, little circle thing. But it has a He's rope. There. There's a rope on that thing, and it's attached to the lifeboat. They're just slowly pulling him in. He's if he if he can get his second career sack on Patrick Mahomes this week, I might actually uh, give him get get him on the boat. But when you keep him in the water, a he runs a greater risk of being bitten by sharks. B are we talking about like the Titanic, where the water is the North Atlantic and it's freezing, or are we like in the South Pacific somewhere? Like. Like in, like via Tahiti or something. I think we're in like cool waters. Like if you stayed in there long enough, you're in trouble. Um, but you're you're not like um, going into shock on impact. I he's he's wearing uh, little floaties on each arm for me. He's he he doesn't have the rope yet. He's not being pulled down. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but he's got the floaties. He's Three. the only person I believe on this football team that sacked Patrick Mahomes. Wow. 
Impressive. Three from Mr. B. Four. Last Friday, I had an interview for a coaching position at a really big private Catholic high school down here in Fort Worth, Texas. Not only did I get the job on the spot, but I was actually offered to not only coach the middle school feeder teams, but be the program director of the middle school feeder program. I'm still shocked that at the age of 25, with only one season of coaching experience under my belt, I've been given such a huge opportunity to be the guy that pours the foundation of the high school's basketball success for years to come. I've never felt more... I've never felt more believed in than I do now. By the way, let Vic and Mike Malone know I'm coming for their jobs next in a few years. LOL, just kidding. But really, my dream is to coach the Broncos or Nuggets, and I'm not giving up till I do. That's so awesome. You know, Vic Fangio got his start in high school football before he moved on to uh, the University of North Carolina briefly and then uh, the USFL. So you you can go through any list of NFL coaching staffs, and they're dotted with guys whose first job was coaching high school ball. Hey, congratulations, DJC15. That's so awesome. Thanks so for sharing. So awesome. Next one's from The Real Links. Okay, let's start the hype train, guys. One, I don't know how many people have noticed this, but the Broncos seem to have schemes built to force their opponents to play our game. Nobody has been immune. It's a nice thing to see. Two, don't get me wrong, I think the Broncos are doing well, but there's no way we're beating KC. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's as bleak. Even Vegas doesn't think it's that bleak. Three for Pat. Four, how many undrafted guys are playing slash starting for us right now? And you guys said we didn't have any depth. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got A.J. Johnson. You've got Devonta Harris. He was a no, he was drafted out of Illinois State oh, by okay. uh, Cincinnati. So not Mike him. Purcell? Mike Purcell, I think. Uh, Chris Harris Jr. Yep. That's all on Shelby uh, Harris? No, sixth, no. I think. Yeah, Todd Davis. Todd Davis. Todd. Yeah, Sacramento State. Okay, so what did we get? I named like every player on the defense. <laughs> I mean, so, you're that, so it's Chris Harris Jr., Todd Davis, uh, Mike, Mike Purcell. And A.J. Johnson. And A.J. Johnson. So four. it's four out of the 11 on defense. And then Philip on, Lindsay. On offense, Philip Lindsay. Ron Leary was undrafted. Ron Leary. Wasn't he, I think, drafted in the sixth or seventh, I think? <laughs> Um, Elijah he, Wilkinson, though. Yes. Elijah Wilkinson. So we're up to seven if Ron. Seven if Ron. And oh, that's it. With Ron Lear, I know he was on the uh, practice squad. Yep, he was undrafted coming wow. out of Memphis in 2012. Wow, so right, seven nice. seven out of 22. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Not bad. Oh, what about um, Colby Wadman? Eight. <laughs> Brady McManus. Yep. Nine. Nine. Casey Kreider. Casey Kreider. Ten. Deontay, Deontay Spencer. Spencer. <laughs> eleven. <laughs> so now so we're up to like eleven out of twenty-six. 26. Wow. And Deontay Spencer starts at two positions. Maybe that counts. <laughs> for two. That, that count. Yeah, double for that kind of action. All right. Um, <laughs> so number five. That's where we're on. Five. I feel like it's great to feel like winners again, even though we're two and four. Hashtag twelve and four. Jk. Yeah, you just said they're going to three and five. <laughs> oh, sorry. Two and five. Six, I'm all in favor of keeping Fangio around for a few years. Steady improvement has really been a relief. I like how keeping the, cor- uh, <laughs> keeping the head coach around for a few years is something you have to be in favor of. Right. Steady improvement has really been a relief. Huge question. Following the most convincing win in a long time, did we underestimate John Elway again? In my eyes, the man knows what he's doing, and he's shown it time and time again. His position de- demands far more criticism. But if we come out of the next game three and four, he will have earned my trust. Sorry about the long comment, but I'm excited. I can only imagine what this team might look like with a franchise quarterback at the helm. Keep her steady, boys. The college and pro scouts, in particular, under John Elway, have done their work. Because uh, Devontae Harris, uh, that's a, that pickup off the waiver wire, that's entirely your pro scout plus 
the work that your college scout did on him, the area scout leading into the draft. You're combining those reports, and that's why you're picking up a guy like Devontae Harris. It only took him about 100 characters to go from there's no way we're beating KC to <laughs> if we come out of the next game three and four, John will have earned my trust. It's stream of consciousness, though. That's the thing. Here's the thing. None, none of us have called for John Elway's head. None, none of us have said he should be fired, so I'm not going to change my, my stance. And look, it was a win against a bad Tennessee team and both the wins were against bad teams exactly so let's if they win on Thursday night it's a huge win but they're still gonna be three and four and so I, I guess and what my, do they have after that Indy Indy at Indy and then Cleveland and four Cleveland and four five and four <laughs> 12 and four <laughs> but let, let's just take it the big picture here okay beyond this week Kansas City at home at Indy and then Cleveland at home the bye then at Minnesota, at Buffalo, Chargers at home, you should get a win, but then at Houston, at Kansas City. So <laughs> this is good. It's enjoyable. It gives you confidence, but you're about to tread up into the Rocky Mountains here. Right now, you're just hanging out in the foothills. You got to go higher. I'm ready to debut a take that uh, I've okay. been brewing on for a couple weeks here. I want the Broncos to go 8-8 eight and eight or better. Or actually, I'll even say seven and nine, seven and nine or better. That's what I, that's what I'm hoping for, and it's because of the idea that you're building something. Seven and nine means you went seven and five after the eight game losing streak. Yep. And now that's kind of right in the wheelhouse, though, of where teams that looked like the Broncos minus seven or better points per game, but being zero and four. That's usually where they end up. Five and seven to seven and five the rest of the way. So that's five and eleven to seven and nine. Seven and nine is right there, still in that meaty part of the curve. I, I just like the idea of being able to walk out of the season saying, Hey, Vic Fangio had a rough start, but he found his bearings. They figured out the formula and they beat some good teams along the way, and now they are trending up. But what if they didn't find out anything about Drew Locke? And they and went 7-9. and nine. But you can't I, – I don't think you can say what if. Well, I think pretty, mu- pretty much, though, it is they didn't find anything well, out Well, because if you're 7-8 and eight going into the regular season finale and you didn't play Drew Locke. Right. Well, let's say you're 6-9. and Because, right? honestly, if they get to 7-9 and nine here, guys – it probably means winning the last two at home against Detroit and the Raiders, correct? So five and nine going into those. Maybe that's when Drew Locke gets in. So I would be satisfied if five and nine was with seven and nine with Drew Locke playing the last two. But seven and nine without Drew Locke playing at all, I'm going to stick with my original assertion that season is a failure. Yep. It's a failure. I agree with that. But it is still um, a step in the right direction for the coaching staff. And I think you just need that for this franchise. You need some sort of something to hang your hat on. You can't like three top 10 picks in a row is not something to be proud of. Ryan, you're, sh- you're shooting for mediocrity. It's killing me, but it it's- wouldn't, but, it, but, but Owen four is behind us. It is better than mediocrity but he- after that. Well, one thing you can say, is that you would have gone from five and eleven to six and ten to seven and nine? So all aboard the eight and eight express for the twenty twenty season with, with Joe Flacco. Yeah, no, oh, I don't. Th- I this think is it, this is going to make some of our listeners break out in hives. This will be a, a debate that's going to rage on for a while now. But uh, I don't think if you go seven and nine, I don't really think you're saying let's run it back with Joe next year. 
I don't know. I, because I so. that's the kind of finish where you hear John Elway and Vic Fangio saying, If it wasn't for that, we're Owen close. Yep. We were 7-5 <laughs> and five after that. So, uh, <laughs> I don't think you can have the cake and eat it, too. I don't think you can have all the pasta and all the meatballs with this one. Are you feeling okay, Ryan? I just I think that winning is important. You need a Vita Mobile IV. I wouldn't mind one. <laughs> uh, I think that win, I think that winning is important, and I think that if they keep losing, all that losing culture stuff we talked about in the early season is going to just permeate into the younger players, and everyone's going to get way too used to losing. I'd like to see this team win a good chunk of games this year. I'm only okay with it as as what I said at the very beginning of the season. If they go seven and nine, but it's because Drew Locke came in and went five and two, then I'm I'm all for it. That's fair. Now but I think we can all agree on that. that. That's that's the ideal scenario. Right. Well if you get to if seven and nine isn't ideal, but seven and nine with Drew Locke playing well and showing he can be the guy, that's actually close to a perfect season if you can't get to the playoffs because then you're saying, man, we got our our young quarterback for the long term. It's just I just wouldn't put my mortgage on it. <laughs> Obviously, to me, it's still the most important part of the season is getting an understanding of Drew Locke. But I still think it's really important for this team to win football games. I really do. And, and There is value in that for the younger players. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, these guys need to learn how to win. They need to, f- they need to feel good about the direction of the franchise. They need to feel empowered going into next season. I just think if you go 4-12, and 12, you're thinking, man, we all thought we were going to be better this year, and somehow we got worse. But maybe it is the shock to the system that compels you to make the changes that you need to make. And I think the changes are going to happen regardless at the end of this season. Well, they're happening already. In terms of, you know, the older players who are on contracts years not being a part of this going you, forward. You think so? You think if they finish, what would that be, 7 Seven and five in the in their final twelve games that John saying we're moving on from all of these guys. I don't think not so. all of them. I think, but he, I some think of he's them. holding on to a lot more. I think there's way more belief. Just like May said, we're close. We're close. And then you you, you keep the band together. They've, well, the, he he would have to understand that you might be getting closer, but those guys are getting further away from their primes. Have you watched the team in the past? few years i mean that it, it's being designed to not let these guys go it, it's to keep everything around because you're close you're close don't want to lose you're close you're close but you're gonna let chris harris jr walk out the door uh, maybe he's he's one that ends up staying around we'll uh, see i'm not want to go too long about here. that anyway true champ fan 24 dudes and dudettes our defense looks really good johnson and purcell are key members of this team all of a sudden and it's great but can we talk about flacco even if we are 500 when Locke can play, Sorry. he needs to play. <laughs> Flacco is terrible. Not happening. Second and two, Claire Lane to get the first, just three short strides in front of him after avoiding a sack, inexplicably fit, flips the ball over Sanders' head, who is legit three feet in front of him. That's a legit peewee mistake. Flacco needs to be gone. You have two choices. Just keep watching Flacco or root for the Broncos to lose. <laughs> yep. Tough win, and just glad our D found some interior players who can actually play. Also, who knew playing guys at their natural spot allows them to play their best ball? Walker, Harris, Jackson. Jackson is an absolute missile. That TFL on Henry where he came untouched through the line, beautiful. Love y'all. Great win. 
He had two of them, too. He's he's so fun. A missile is the perfect way to describe yeah, him. Exactly. Next one coming in from TCU Bronco. One, I was rather disappointed when we drafted Fant with our first pick in the draft, and each game seems to reinforce my initial feelings. Between the flags and lackluster blocking, the word bust keeps coming to my head. I know this is an overreaction, but I'm quickly becoming fed up with him. That interception reminded me of the Manning SNL skit, where he pegs the little kid in the back and knocks him over. Tight ends take time. Yeah, you have to be patient with that. Sorry, but that being said, that was a bad moment for yeah. Noah Fan. If he just stops in his tracks and yeah. tries to catch the ball, he draws a pass interference. Yep, exactly. And, and that's something he ought to be able to learn at some point. That being said, you know, the flags, you're, you want to get that fixed, no doubt. I don't want to see him blocking that much. I want him in space. I want to, I want to see him more like Evan Ingram. I don't think that will happen in this offense and the way they emphasize things, but I'd like to see them do that with him. Two, while Flacco didn't play terrible, his performance certainly leaves something to be desired. In a world where we go four and four, what are the chances that Locke takes over? Three and five? Zero and zero? <laughs> yeah. Unless there's an injury. Right, exactly. But even then... I can't believe people are talking about well, this. No. You guys are out of your minds. Let me, <laughs> let me say this. What if they're three and five and Joe Flacco gets hurt, but they go with Brandon Allen? That's not happening no. either. Well, no, but... Brandon Allen's not going to be here. Did you hear what Rich Gangarello said last week about how the time watching, he thinks, helps a quarterback who came from out of the spread? Yeah, but John Elway has a shiny new toy, and Rich Gangarello doesn't have that much power. <laughs> Three, absolutely pumped about the Janovich extension. Yep. Love Jano. He'll be here for $5.7 million for the next three years. I'll so buy a lot of trucks if he wants to, but <laughs> he says he's sticking with the old truck. <laughs> I can't imagine why he wouldn't. Four, any chance Sackick can go double duty GM? Can't wait for the Avs to bring the cup home. Well, the, the, what the Avs did right is when they were bad, they sucked. Yeah. They got those high picks. It's what we're talking about where the worst thing you can be is mediocre. Well, the Avs... When they hit the skids, they hit it hard <laughs> and were able to bring in the talent that's made this run possible. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God, I love the Evs. <laughs> They're so fun to watch. It's <laughs> unbelievable. All right, before we move on, shout out to Denver Rubber Company, the best place for all of your rubber needs. They've been around since 1972, and all that time they've been one of the most reliable partners for anyone's long-term projects. They do custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber to custom contract, manufacturing, and custom hoses. If you need anything... In the rubber industry, make sure you call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash dnvr. All right, moving on here for the next one's from the Manning Face God. So, guys, it's happening. Things are finally starting to click together, especially for our defense. I don't care who you're playing. It is not easy to completely shut down an NFL team and not let them score one point. Alexander Johnson is the real deal. He was all over the place today, and Devontae Harris was super impressive as well. In all... Our defense created turnovers, sacked the quarterback, and completely shut down the run. This is exactly how I imagined Fangio's defense to be. Ding, ding, ding. I'll quickly wrap this up by saying the offensive play calling definitely needs to be more aggressive. We need to stick to running the ball with Lindsey, and we definitely need to feed the ball to Sutton more. Sorry for the long comment, boys, but I'm just too damn excited for this win. We're actually on a two-game win streak. Thanks, guys. I think that's been the shortest comment so far. Yeah. By the way, Wait, do you it believe gets shorter from here? <laughs> two-game win streak is that a thing, or do you have to get to three? Well, I think in the words of Lou Brown, the of manager course. of the Cleveland Indians in the Major League films, Sweet Lou, as they called him. Yeah, he said in the second Major League film, which was generally terrible, but I like this scene. Gentlemen, yesterday we won a game. Today we can win another. If we win one tomorrow. 
That's called a winning streak. <laughs> it has happened before. <laughs> here's uh, here's how I feel. If you have what thirteen wins since the start of the 2017 season, I think if you win one, it's a win streak. They won three in a row last year. Hey, that was a best win streak ever. They got to six and six. They <laughs> went roaring all the way to five hundred, and then Chris Harris Jr. and Emmanuel Sanders got hurt, and that, as they say, was that. The original Mario, great win. Defense was lights out, and it wasn't even fully healthy. But if Flacco plays like this the rest of the year, do we start <laughs> lock, even if we are contenders? What is happening? <laughs> How is this a possible thought? Because Joe Flacco wasn't very good yesterday. I know, but mm-hmm. you just have to understand the whole reason they signed Joe Flacco is for games like yesterday. You know when you apply to a dream college, and you're like, I'm not going to get in, but I'm just going to try it. And then you have some other good options. So you're saying that Joe Flacco is the safety school of the Denver Broncos what I'm saying is everyone right now is shooting for their dream mm. opportunity of the Broncos keep everyone's winning trying like to get this. into Harvard I get to feel good and then I get to see Drew Locke no yeah Harvard's not letting you in Sorry. you got a 2.5 <laughs> some people go to Arizona State it's okay hey Arizona State is one of the most fun campuses if second most fun campus I've ever spent actually time got on. a great journalism program too yeah so Walter Cronkite yeah. School of Journalism broke that big story Last week or last month uh, from the White House. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. The Arizona State campus paper did. Wow. That's awesome. That? I don't follow anything with politics, so I have no clue what you're talking about. You're better off not following it. Trust Speaking me. of Arizona, AZ Broncos one chimes in and says, wow, what a game. I'm glad to see Broncos country fired up like this, especially going into the Chiefs game this week. Maybe it was nothing, but I thought I caught a little extra confidence out of Fangio's postgame comments regarding the Chiefs. Like he has something special cooked up for old Andy Reid and company. What do you guys think? Do you think Fangio can shut down KC like he did last year to the Rams? I think he can, yeah. Um, He is – this is what he's known for, is coming up with genius game plans and and, uh, putting, you know, quarterbacks in positions to fail. I just – I hope he doesn't look at what happened the last two weeks and say, copy, paste, everything will be okay. Because – as Vance Joseph would tell you, beating the Chiefs is not all about stopping the run. In, fa- in fact, Vance <laughs> said, please, run the ball. We'll give you seven yards per carry. We don't really care. Every time you run the ball, it's a win for us. That was when they had Kareem Hunt, right? Yep. Yeah, pretty good running back, too. Yep. So it's, it isn't all about stopping the run. In fact, the run is just, uh, like, for fun for them. They're like, oh, I guess we're throwing a run here and there. Here's the opposite question right now coming in from Illinois Broncos. He says, even though we are trending in the right direction, could you still see trades happening for players like Sanders, Gossis, Wolf, and maybe even Chris Harris? I'm trying to be optimistic, but I still think a rebuild should be in the works. It all depends on the next two games. If, there's, if they lose to Kansas City and they lose to Indianapolis, and they're not going to be a favorite going to Indianapolis, and the Colts will have Darius. They will if they win this week. In Indianapolis? I think so. I doubt it. Okay. Underdog, I would say. Yeah. If they're only three and a half. <laughs> if they're three and four going to Indianapolis with a three-game winning streak, they will be an underdog, but just a slight underdog. One and a It'll half be points like, or something. No, nah, like three. Basically home field advantage. I hope we have to find out. <laughs> because that, that's uh, that's, that but that's a... But that's going to be a tough game to win. For sure. Uh, Good Gotsis. Broncos team. Oh. If someone out there wants Gotsis, I think have him. Yeah. <laughs> I think they would take a conditional yeah. sixth or seventh form at this point. Why would you not? Next one's from Lone Star Bronco. I'm now cautiously hopeful, but still expecting bad things in the future. <laughs> I don't know if that's cautiously hopeful. Uh, that's like cautiously pessimistic. Yeah, yeah. 
These two teams are bad teams, and I still don't see a competitor in the Broncos. I'm afraid all we're doing is pushing the draft pick further and further back. That being said, hit Mahomes early and often. His ankle <laughs> has hurt mobility. Send A.J. Johnson early and break his spirit, and let's get a win. Get him rattled, run the ball, and we may stand a chance. I doubt it, but just maybe. Based on what you said about going for his ankles, I think, Ryan, you want to break a little more than his spirit. No, just make sure that that just make sure that that shot that they put in there before the game wears off nice and quick. And I think we know your burner account now, Ryan. Oh, Star Zing, Brent G. The tarantula migration is very real. I attended CSU Pueblo for a semester and had the pleasure of watching the ground literally crawl. One of the craziest things I've ever seen. Stay away from Pueblo, Zach, and don't, everyone. Don't worry, I will. We Never need to see a video of this. I want to see what this looks like. We this don't is... need to see any video. No, yes, of we, this. Do. we do. We do. <laughs> yes, let's put it on a, a projector screen right here. Let's just loop it while we do the podcast. I'll, I'll just have my eyes closed during the whole pod. <laughs> Maybe we need to do a remake of Kingdom of the Spiders for the 21st century. We'll set in Pueblo. <laughs> I want to see this. I'll be taking a day off whenever you guys. I'm, I'm going to make the trek down there to watch the migration. It's crazy how this has been talked about on this podcast. For like, what, two months now? Yep. It's just been coming up <laughs> yeah. once in a while. So you're actually saying there could be tarantula tourism for Pueblo? This is a way <laughs> yeah. to get more people in the hotel rooms down there? Exactly. If you're the city of Pueblo, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it. I don't know. There are, a lot, there are a lot of really twisted people, myself included, that would actually want to see this. <laughs> Give me like, um, like a deck with like a glass floor. So you can like stand up <laughs> safely, but watch them crawl underneath. Is this you. like at the Grand Canyon where you can kind of walk on that yes, arch that goes right. out over it and look down? And there's it's basically the glass in the glass like like six or eight feet thick or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. Mm-hmm. ridiculously thick. So, also, I completely agree with you, Mace. This defense has been completely transformed when Johnson and Purcell and even Walker are in there. Our weakness at cornerback isn't as damning with this system and the emergence of a smothering pass rush. Happy Victory Monday, Breck boys. You know, it's, they always say rush and cover, right? Rush and cover. Wait. All the interceptions were because of the rush. Yep. All the sacks were because of the coverage. Bingo. They're working in perfect symbiosis right now. Shout out to Symbiotax and administration. <laughs> From Nacho Brad, tinfoil hat moment. My theory is that Sanders wasn't hurt. It was a Vic Fangio decision to bench him. Right before the half, there was a bad throw to Sanders where Flacco instantly mouthed, my bad. Sanders gave him a really bad look and immediately after the, uh, immediately after the play. Maybe he carried that frustration into the locker room at halftime, frustrated with his lack of targets of the last week. Maybe he said something like that, like Flacco's pass didn't land well. Um, I didn't see him on the sideline in the second half. Was he there? And suddenly the injury that sidelined him the entire second half is not serious and he should be ready for KC? Hmm. Well, if my theory is true, good for Fangio to eliminate the bad juju for the team. He wasn't on the sideline in the second half. Now, that's pretty typical when a guy is ruled out injury-wise. Well, a lot of times they put on their sweats and come out there. You know, Maybe they have crutches or whatever. But if it's a knee problem, they're going to say, stay off your feet. You're going to stay back in the locker room and watch. I thought the whole thing was very shocking and weird. Just to not see an injury, to not hear heard anything about it, get no signs, and then all of a sudden he's out for the game? That That's huge. Usually that, when they say out, it's a severe injury. That's yeah, what, what's exactly. really fascinating is that you hear out over the press box PA and we're all conditioned from our years of covering this team to say, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. We, I think we all said. <laughs> we all uh-oh. thought, oh, ACL. Yep. Exactly. I'm thinking to myself, well, shoot, if this team ends up being 2-6, and six, then there goes the trade value for him. And if he has another injury, then you're not going to get as much back in a compact pick, blah, 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 blah. Could it be a combination of a few things? One, the Broncos' D 
didn't need any offense. They didn't even want offense. They weren't even trying to generate offense. <laughs> so they just said, you know what? His knee is a little swollen or whatever. Let's just leave him out. And he has a bad attitude right now anyway. So, you know, leave him in the locker room. DNP attitude. Is that something we could see in the NBA? DNP going CD. Yeah. Um, DMP old is my favorite. Yes, <laughs> that, that Popovich used for Tim Duncan. It was just it was it was um, it was Emmanuel Sanders load management. Ah! <laughs> Next um, one coming in from Nick Scott. Right? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. says, "I love the way AJ Johnson plays, but is it possible that we're all jumping to a conclusion too fast? What has changed since training camp? There had to be a reason he wasn't on the field. I owed you guys a short comment after my super long one after week one. Keep it up, fellas." I actually think a valid question to ask of Vic Fangio in the coming days is, "What was not there with Alexander Johnson that caused you to start Corey Nelson, who you brought in off the street?" For week one, asked him to learn the entire defensive scheme in eight days. Less. <laughs> because I hate to put too much on this, but I think if Alexander Johnson plays instead of Corey Nelson, maybe you have a win in those first couple of weeks if that you, played, you didn't get. Maybe you, you beat Chicago. If you played AJ and, uh, and Mike Purcell against the Jags, you win that game. Here, here's my thing with AJ. I'm... Maybe you guys are. I'm not jumping on, on, on him in the way of saying, extend him. He's, the, he's your next Al Wilson. He's your starting middle I'm linebacker. I'm not you saying have, that. No, I'm no, just no, saying no. he should have played. I'm not saying you are, but I think that's kind of what Nick Scott ha- has gotten from us or gotten from Broncos country, and that's why he's asking the question. But to me, I am 100% behind him for being the starter for many, many weeks down the line. You don't change anything. I just think they didn't trust him. For whatever reason, they didn't trust him. What's crazy, though, is he has not only been better in the run, which you knew, he's been better in the pass than Josie was being. Yep. Pretty crazy. Are you guys familiar with Occam's Razor? The simplest solution of or answer is most the most likely one? What is the most likely one here? Maybe he was just a bad practice player who happens to be a quote-unquote gamer. gamer. Could be. Very Love well, me could a gamer. Be. Love but those here. practice, those bad practice players sometimes never get traction because the coaches it takes an injury usually, right? And they and they look and say, "Well, we have this broad sample size of this guy struggling," but then he goes out in the game and shows something you didn't you didn't have, but you don't find out unless you get him out there. Yeah, what if, under the lights? What if he's instinctual? Where right in, in, in the film room, it, he he can't do it as well on the board, but when he's there in person, it, it clicks. Yeah, he feels it. And the other thing is, in practice, you can't go full speed, full throttle, and hit people and the way you can in the games. That's and a big strength for him. Exactly. Count Flacula. In regards to our uniform number discussion, Jim Otto and Ken Burrow both wore the iconic double zeros on their jerseys. The No Fun League has, of course, made zero and double zero unavailable Although you can, you technically can have zero proceed your number from one to nine if you choose, but it's never been done. That would look so dumb. <laughs> it would. <laughs> it would look like a a fringe NASCAR team. Yeah, or just like you're honoring <laughs> like it's, it looks like your draft year. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I think the double zero jersey would have mega swag and be a coveted number. Who do you gents think on the current Bronco roster would most want the double zeros, and who would they be best on? And is there ever a chance the league allows those digits back? Love the count. Oh, hey, did we just win two in a row? How many other mascots wear double zero? I don't know. I'd have yeah. to look that up. 
because it seems like that's a number they make you say, oh, mascots have it, let them have it. If someone were to wear it on the Broncos, I only can picture it on big dudes, and so I would just say Mike Purcell. I was thinking Dalton Reisner. I was thinking because Noah when it was when it wow, was wow we are oh. <laughs> no but we I was thinking opposite pages here but Count Flacchio brought up Jim Otto who was the spiritual leader of that Raiders offensive line for a long time a dominating presence at center made everybody around him better and that's Dalton Reisner to me Fair and we enough. see Dalton Reisner just, with the double digits anyway six six so it's just it, I think it would look dumb no matter what. But it would Honestly. be iconic. A lot of people would buy that double zero Dalton Rise yep, jersey. Now, would. zero, I think, can be on, like, a swaggy offensive player. Like, Philip Lindsay could wear zero. I think right. that would work. Absolutely. Anyway. All right. Next oh, one. hey, did we just win two in a row? That was the count's last comment. Yes. <laughs> From Flacco's bushy eyebrow. Sack attack. Defense is looking scary. Love seeing them back in good form. I'm also not overly concerned with our offense from yesterday's game. Titans were sixth in passing. Def- uh, sixth in passing defense going up against our 23rd ranked passing offense. Chiefs are 30th ranked against the run, so I expect Lindsay to break a 70-yard run. I know Mahomes is usually good against zone defenses, but aren't the Colts his own style, D? What about the Texans? Colts are. And yeah. that was one of the, the storylines from that game back on Sunday Night Football last week was that the Colts changed up their look and went with more man stuff. Yep, and they got four-man pressure, which is so important. Two over-under on Von Miller getting a sack and bear crawling across the field, point five. <laughs> I'll take the over. Yeah, prime time. I'll do it. Threes for Mr. B. Four, do you think our D is finally understanding Vic's scheme, or is it just that we played two bad teams that made us look good? Both. Yep. Yep. Five, Leary looking dreary, making our whole offensive line look a little weird. Yeah, he's pushing uh, Garrett Bowles in the penalty count right now, he's including him, false starts. I think ahead, he actually right? passed him. Yeah. Wow, it is it is rough. Someone there. made this point to me on Twitter. I want to give a shout out to them on this. Is Ron Leary being hurt by having Elijah Wilkinson next to him? Maybe. Yeah, could be. That's a that's a theory. But Leary also, don't forget, he's battled injuries the last three years. He's just not healthy, and it shows. For Mile High Mike, hey guys, missed y'all. Life's been crazy, and I fell behind on podcasts, but I finally caught up. Can't tell you how many times I wanted to comment, but couldn't because my thoughts would be irrelevant by a week. One, I missed the Hot Pocket video. Where was that posted? It's on Twitter and Periscope. Two, I think you guys are a little optimistic about the Chiefs game. I know it's possible, but don't get me too excited when it's one of the top five toughest games this year. Probably top three. Top. Three's for Mr. B. Four, I keep hearing about DNVR live streaming, and I want to know where to catch this. I follow all of your Instagram and Twitter pages, but I only see Allie's stories. Um, DNVR live streaming is on the DNVR uh, Instagram. Uh, we do some stuff there. And then also on DNVR Twitter. So make sure you're following all the team accounts. DNVR Sports, DNVR Broncos, DNVR Avalanche, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Five, I want to see more of my boy 17. I think he's underrated. He's not getting targets uh, because he's overlooked. Is he not getting targets because he's overlooked, or is he just not good enough to get open? What, what uh. Rich Gangarello and Joe Flacco last night said is he's doing the dirty work. Um, and he's just not getting on the field that often, truly. So he got his opportunity yesterday and did, did make a few catches. They're using Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay in that spot a lot. Yep. Six, I lost in my fantasy league because Derek Henry was shut down, and I ain't even mad. Thanks for the amazing coverage. I should be involved more here in the future. Speaking of fantasy league, my team's on a little uh, pulling a little Broncos here. Started 0-3. Now we're back to even. Hey, three and three. there hey, you go. Nice. On the 
Golden arm of Kyler Murray. <laughs> Next one coming in from Kodiak No Flies. He says, hey, fellas, victory Monday and can't wait to hear the intro. You better not skip it. And Oops. I hope you get used to singing it because we're back, baby. First question. We all know Flacco. Real can't- quick, since we forgot to do that this week, if the Broncos beat the Chiefs, we will do a three-man harmonized version of the intro song. Oh, dear On God. On the game pod? Yep. Love it. Love it. There we I, go. I better bring some Jack Daniels, have a few shots on <laughs> ready for Why that not? because I don't think I can do that sober. You can just hit the baritone. <laughs> Zach will hit the high notes. I'll get us in the middle. Okay. First question. We all know Flacco can't go toe-to-toe with Mahomes. So given the defense has showed out the past two weeks, do we think the Broncos defense will keep the Chiefs in check? Secondly, if the Broncos keep this up, do we put Drew Locke in to add that fire and electricity? Come on, Drew, ride Give with Joe till we can't no more. <laughs> Lastly, I'm sticking with my earlier prediction of 12 and four till I get knocked off my own hype train. I love these positive vibes and we've been having, and hopefully keep it up. Positive vibes reflect positive performance. You yeah. guys got to be kidding me with this stuff. <laughs> they pay Joe. They're paying Joe Flacco 18 million dollars not to bench him while they're winning. <laughs> Oh, man. Bumpy Buffalo, BSN family. It happened. My stepmom got to attend her first game thanks to you guys. Oh, man. That's awesome. Wonderful. Thankfully, it was a win, too. Really lifted spirits on a stressful week. Thank you to all who made it possible. I asked for pictures so I can get them up for you guys to see. Can't wait to see those. Yeah. Now for my takes. Number one, is Mariota that bad? Yes. Or was our defense just smothering in this game? Did he get benched due to him or us? Both the Broncos just exposed how bad he was. Yeah, because he'd avoided interceptions and he didn't have and didn't have him till, until that point. And he had a couple, and it gave the Titans the excuse they needed to make the change. Number two, play Allen. <laughs> I'm still convinced he can do all that Joe is doing, and if not, then that just ensures Locke comes in ASAP. Y'all are crazy. Number three, Mister B. Number four. How much success can we have only scoring one touchdown a game? Won't win this week, that's no. for sure. Number five, Spencer is mind-boggling to me. Huge return that should have been a touchdown. Great vision and agility. Then he catches more punts inside the five. Why? You Thanks, guys. That. Well, there was that, that second punt that he caught that he kind of drifted back inside the ten. Yeah, it was yeah. like on the seven. Yeah, he mentioned to me when I talked to him after the game that that was actually okay because he kind of started to field it at the ten and then – Faded back a little bit, but that was still in the safe wheelhouse for him to catch a punt. As long as he continues catching the ball, he can do no, no wrong in my mind. <laughs> Final one coming in from Brian. He says, I'll make it quick. Very happy with the play calling. Loved all the pre-snap movement. Thanks for the great coverage. Hashtag beat the Chiefs. Crazy that we're going to have two more two more podcasts between now and when the Broncos have a chance to get to three and four. It's going to be a really exciting week. Uh, I'm, I appreciate you guys for rolling along with us and get, get ready because if the Broncos win, you're going to hear the greatest intro you've ever heard to this podcast. But for now, that's going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Ann and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me was my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren, and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver.